Thank you, ladies. Appreciate that. Tremendous. Good evening, everyone. Glad to see you here tonight. It's a Thursday night missions conference. It's a good crowd. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Hanks, for inviting me to come. Sure, I sure love you, brother. Appreciate your faithfulness, your, your fervency, and especially your friendship. It means the world to me. Uh, one of my favorite times of the year is a Faith Promise Missions Conference at our church. It's like revival meetings for us. We, we just have a tremendous time. We invite four or five missionary families to come in and, um, and then uh, have a special speaker too. And then, uh, but there's just something about bringing these people in who've given their lives to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They contain something called faith and it emanates off of them. They are an encouragement to our faith. And, and when you got four or five families who've given their lives to uh, go across the, uh, the ocean to serve in some foreign field, it's rejuvenating. I mean, it's not that we've got a bunch of backsliders in Harrisonville and nobody's got faith. That's not it. It's just that there's somebody fresh and there's somebody, they've just, they've just got that, that aura about them that just emanates and it's just so fun and we get together and we have a good time and you all have a good time tonight. That's a great idea to have birthday presents for the kids even though I thought, man, what missionary had that many kids have a birthday on the same day? Well, missionaries are busy people. That's all I can say. And... Uh, well, tonight, just before I, uh, I left, I was grabbing everything and, and jumping in the car and, and, uh, and we took off and headed this direction. I had no idea I got here without my sports coat. So I was just driving along and I got all the way here and I got in the back seat and to look for my coat and I said, honey, where's my coat? She says, well, you should have put it back there. left my coat. So we put out an emergency call, size 42 regular, anybody at church, I need your coat, okay? And uh, they found a muscular, oh. <laughs> handsome young man who wore my size of coat and, uh, and the color almost matches. And so we are, we're okay. One of the dear fellows said, man, I bet you're glad you didn't forget your Bible. I said, I'm glad I didn't forget my wife. Yeah, we would have been having some trouble there. But anyways, God's heart is for missions. Why? Because God sent the greatest missionary in the universe, his son, to seek and to save that which was lost. And you know, when you think about it, missionaries are so special to God. When you study the background and the lives of all the New Testament writers, you'll find out every single one of them were missionaries in a way of speaking. Amen. God loves missionaries. And I know he loves missions conferences. That's where God's people can hit the reset button and, uh, and get things back on track. Let me tell you our story here. Uh, back in 1982, we moved to Harrisonville with, we didn't have any, anybody there who was, uh, 
waiting to establish an independent fundamental Baptist church, you know, looking for some preacher to come along and help them out. No, there wasn't anybody there. We just knew God had called us to Harrisonville. So we sold our house, moved, and uh, I worked nights up in Kansas City and then worked days knocking doors and reaching out. And, uh, and by within six months, uh, March of 1983, we had a good enough group where we uh, incorporated and became uh, officially organized as a church. And we... Uh, then immediately, because I've always believed in missions, we began supporting two or three missionaries, but it was out of the general fund. And so um, the only problem with that was the general fund, because some people left, went dry. I had the horrible task of calling or emailing or snail mailing uh, our missionary saying, I'm sorry, we are out of money completely. We're not going to be able to give you your, your uh, love offering this month. Now, folks, talk about humiliating and just heartbreaking. Mm. And to add insult to injury, one of the missionaries wrote me back and sent a $100 check and said, here, take your wife out to supper. Now I'm lower than a snake's belly. I'm just dog low, man. Well, we did that for about eight years. So about 1991, I'd been hearing about faith promise missions and giving that way. It didn't sound like it'd ever work. But I said, I'm gonna step out by faith. We're dying this way. We aren't getting anywhere. Uh, so, we immediately uh, had a missions conference, 1991, and I said, all right, folks, I'm going to start. I'm giving this much this week, and I'm giving that much every week of this year. You write down how much you're going to give, and you pray for it. Now, you've got to be a tither already, and, uh, um, but then after that, Tell God how much you want to give and then pray for it each week. And then if it doesn't come for directly, uh, you uh, just trust him. He's going to take care of your needs anyhow. I had five girls at that time in my home. And uh, we, uh, we raised five girls by giving sacrificially to missions. And it was tight sometimes. But God is faithful. And he's still faithful. And so every year we have a missions conference like you all do. And, and we do pretty much the same thing as far as inviting folks to come in and, and, and be with us. Uh, 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 but this thing of faith promise giving has done so much for our church family. You see, we all, when we get saved, we got all this baggage. We're all greedy and selfish, and that preacher ain't gonna get no money out of me, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. And, and, and we've seen people grow in grace, in giving, in being generous, in having faith, and obeying. And I don't, Pastor Hanks, it's just really been a great help to our church. And I, and I don't know if every church has experienced that same benefit or not, but I certainly um, uh, have been blessed that way. And so I, 
I, I do want to be honest. There have been our lean times. And, and honestly, this past couple of years has been a lean time for us. But every month, we're, we're meeting our quota and God is, is supplying for our missionaries. And so, hallelujah. And I just got a feeling he's going to carry us the rest of the way. By the way, we couldn't pay our bills before. We couldn't pay the utilities. We, we couldn't pay the building payment. Guess how many bills we've been laid on since then? Guess how? You guessed right. Not a single one since we started Faith Promise Missions Giving. Just saying, folks, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Well, thank the Lord. I look around here and I see some college students and uh, grateful for Bible college students. I'm grateful for you. Possibly God has a special calling on your life. And tonight he may be speaking to you specifically about a special field he wants you to go in. That's, an, that's a wonderful thing. Maybe you're a high school student or grade school student or maybe you're just an adult who loves God God's got something special for you tonight and this week you don't want to miss out on a single service maybe you're just an ordinary Christian and and you've got a great interest in missions but there's no calling on your life to go across the ocean or do anything like that so the question is what are you to do what can you do? What are we all supposed to be doing until God calls us to the, another field or God calls us home? What are we to be doing? And here's the title of the message. We are to serve as senders. Serve as senders. We are to be busy about if God's not calling us to go, we are to be sending others to go and encouraging them along the way. God has called you and me to be senders. Those who go and those who send are both equally important, vitally important. Both are essential in getting the Great Commission accomplished. You and I are responsible to be involved in this great command that the Lord gave in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, and, and Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If you can't go, you need to send somebody to go in your place. Because it's God's command to get the gospel to every creature. Can I hear an amen on that? Yes, sirree. But I want to encourage you who are senders tonight. You've got a great opportunity. And just watching what's already gone on here tonight, I'm just amazed at... Uh, at how uh, uh, involved this church is and how generous this church is. And so you've got a great opportunity. Well, key text is found in Romans chapter 10. Romans 10 and verses 14 and 15. I'm gonna take a drink of water while you find your passage and then stand once you find it. I like verse 13. 
quote it quite often to lost sinners. And so we'll start in verse 13, go on down through verse um, 15 there. Here we go. Read out loud with me, please. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And all God's people said, amen. That key phrase there in verse 15, how shall they preach except they be sent? Let's call on the Lord. Father in heaven, we ask you in Jesus Christ's name to come down as we've already prayed this evening that you would come down in Holy Spirit power, opening our eyes to the truth and giving us insight into what we are to be doing. Thank you for these dear missionary families that are here tonight. Thank you for the faith that they increase in this place and the joy that they increase in this place. Thank you for the missionary children that are just such blessed young people. Oh, and thank you for all the folks that are here. But now we want you to be here and that's why I'm praying and asking Jesus Christ's name that you would cleanse me of sin, empty me of self and fill me with your spirit and fill each listener with your spirit. Give us ears to hear and we'll thank you for what you do here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Did you see Paul's progression there in, in verse 14? How that he walked this thing back to getting the gospel to people. He says, how, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believe. Then how shall they believe on him and whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then how shall they preach except they be sent? So he walks it all the way back to people just like you and me. We all are vitally important in the great commission of God. Not a single person is expendable. Every single person, your talent, your time, your treasure, and your talk are all vitally important to accomplishing God's great commission. Military experts tell us that for every single soldier who's on the front line doing battle, there are 10 soldiers behind him who will never see the battle themselves but are essential to keep that one soldier supplied. Think about that. If you've got 100 soldiers, then you need 1,000 behind-the-scenes soldiers doing their job to make it so that those 100 can do their job. I don't know about you, but that fascinates me. Amen. That's incredible. You say, what, what, are, what are those 10 
non-soldier, a hundred non-soldiers doing? I mean, in the background, well, there's, there's things like logistics, uh, transportation. There's things like communication. And oh, don't forget lunch. Somebody's got to make lunch, amen? And, and then there's medical personnel and then there's, uh, then there's ammunition distribution and, and administrative needs and on and on I could go. And these soldiers need those who are in the background. Can you say amen? amen. In fact, uh, military generals who know how to win battles, say one of the best ways to win a war or a battle is to find out where the supply line is and cut it off. Cut it off. If you can cut off the supply line, it's just a matter of time. You'll win the battle. Now question, if you were the devil... And you saw these missionaries going to all four corners of this planet. <laughs> what would you work on? I think the devil would work on the supply line. And I believe he's hard at it. Indeed. Serving as a sender is a calling of God and is a re necessary requirement. Let me just give you a, a couple of uh, examples from the Old Testament. David and his men were often in a, in a pickle without supplies. Uh, turn over there to 1 Samuel chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. And here we see David and his men running from King Saul. And uh, uh, so they've, uh, in order to keep away from Saul, they are hiding out in the outer perimeters of the borders of Israel. And so they've been out on those outer borders. Uh, so what are they going to do out there? Well, they decided they'd just begin protecting the Israelites who are farmers on those borderline farms protecting their sheep protecting their crops so that enemy forces don't come in so that wild beasts don't come in so that the farmer would be productive in producing food and and the livestock like he's supposed to so that's what David does unfortunately David lighted upon the external properties of Nabal how many of you heard of Nabal before? His name means fool. Now that would have been a good clue for Brother David, but nonetheless, for probably a, a year, he never showed up to Nabal and face to face. All he did was stayed out there on those outer perimeters and protected the sheep, protected the, the uh, fields. And as marauders tried to come in or Philistines tried to come in, they'd fight them off, kill them off. And he was successful at protecting the shepherds, the sheep and all. Well, harvest time rolls around. Yeah, and uh, uh, David says, wow, 
we've been protecting Nabal. Let's, I'm going to send a few of my servants in to just see if he'll be generous enough to uh, reimburse us a little bit with some good old-fashioned food. Soldiers need food, amen? So these servants go up to Nabal. You see it there in 1 Samuel chapter 25. And you can see, well, I'll let you read it in your own time here. We're going to go quickly. Uh, it says in verse 9, And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and, and ceased. It was common courtesy to take care of those who were taking care of your flocks. And it says in verse 10, And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants who nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed from my shearers and give it to unto men whom I know not whence they be? Well, that's not very nice. Notice what happens next, verse 12. So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those sayings. And David said unto his men, gird on every man his sword. And they girded on every man his sword. And it wasn't to be in a parade, folks. David also girded on his sword and there went up after David about 400 men and 200 abode. What's the next three words? By the stuff. I'm not going to get carried away with the biblical illustration here. Just want to say, David knew somebody's going to have to stay by the stuff while David goes puts a hurting on Mr. Nabal. So he goes with 400 men and he leaves 200 by the stuff. That was a wise thing. You need those who are your supply line to be active and ready. Can you say amen right there? How many see that little illustration there? Raise a hand. A couple of you. All right, let, since that, let's move on to the next illustration here. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30, just, um, no, I mean, yeah, 1 Samuel 30, you're right. Okay, I thought I got it wrong. 1 Samuel 30 and verses 9 through 10. Here now, David is in a backslidden condition. David has... Uh, decided to go over to the Philistine side and run uh, secret missions against towns in Philistia. And uh, so, uh, but it's all under the nose of the king of Philistia. And, and uh, so there's a big battle now on when it comes up to chapter 30. And uh, they call on David to come and fight the Israelites. Now, that's awkward. Amen? To fight your own people. <laughs> well, David says, oh, I'll show you what I can do. Well, then the other soldiers and, and, and generals say, no, 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 this guy, this is the one they sing about. Saul is slain his thousands, but David is ten thousands. Send that guy home. Praise the Lord. And so they sent him home. Home. And while he was away, guess what? He didn't leave anybody by the stuff. He lived in a little town called Ziklag. And while he was gone, here comes the Amalekites, a marauder group just destroying and burning and killing everything in their path. And they 
land upon Ziklag. They save the people alive and they burn the town to the ground. Carry the people off prisoners or hostage, however you want to call it. And so David's coming home with his fellas saying, that was close. We almost, we were in a pickle. But then they see the smoke rising up over the hill. They say, hey, wait a minute. That's our hometown over there. They go running and they find out the town has been burned to the ground and all their family don't know what's happened to their family. Anything could have happened, tortured, mutilated, murdered, whatever. Kidnapped is bad enough. And the men lift up their voice, all 600 of them with a cry that could reach to heaven. And they even were so angry and so grieved, they of stoning David to death because he led them into this predicament. Well, David encourages himself in the Lord. I love that verse at the end of verse six, amen? It says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Then David prayed, Lord, what should I do? God gave him clear direction, go get him, big boy. And he went, and here's what happens. Look at uh, verses 9 and 10 here. So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor. You say, why do they call it the book, brook Besor? Well, some of the men were very sore, so they be sore. And some of them had to stay behind. They'd been riding for days, coming back from the, the battle, and so they be sore. You got to give some of them a break. I'm, I'm joking. But um, I love the Bible, don't you? And anyways, um, he left some soldiers behind. Look at verse 10. And David pursued he and 400 men and 200 abode behind, which were so faint they could not go over the brook Besor. Hmm. Well, David finds Ziklag, I mean, finds the Amalekites, conquers them, gets all his family back, gets everything uh, restored, and they're coming back, but a few foolish men over there in chapter, tw I mean, in the same chapter, verse 22, they don't like the people. They think the people that stayed behind, those 200 guys that were such wimps, they'd be so sore, they couldn't uh, go into the battle. They don't deserve anything. Um, David had an issue with that. Look at verse 22. Then answered all the wicked men. I guess David had some warriors who were wicked. And the men of Belial, of those that went with David, and said, because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man his wife and his children, and then they may lead them away and deep. David said, ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the, com this, the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. How many of you catching, smelling what I'm cooking right there? Anybody here? They, they, David says, the guys who stayed behind are just as important as the guys who go out. And they get to enjoy the spoils of our work just as much as those of us who went out. 
wonderful news, brothers and sisters at Heritage Baptist Church. If you serve as a sender, you are just as important as the missionaries. Secondly, you get to share in the plunder. And there is going to be some rewards in heaven that you get to enjoy because you were faithful. You saw and caught the vision to serve as a sender. No, maybe nobody patted you on the back and said, wow, you were a great person of faith. And maybe nobody said you are wonderful like they do the missionaries. Maybe they don't do it to the missionaries. I don't know. Uh, I try to help the missionaries know they're wonderful. But anyways, maybe you think, well, I'm just not as important as they are. But you are. You are. And that is so good. Satan, in my opinion, is after the supply line. Let me do something. I need four strong men and then one missionary so do we have any volunteers okay I'm gonna make you one okay just come on up um, brother um, brother oh I call you amen brother oh you come on up I need one of the missionaries give me uh, two more men two more men and then uh, come on up brother don't ask for your coat back. I like this. I'm going to take it home. Um, amen. And your missionary, help me with the first name. Peter. Brother Peter. Amen. Brother Peter, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to tie this around your waist and make it so that it holds because I'm going to have you leaning out <clears throat> over the precipice yeah, somebody who ties, do you tie good? You can trust me. <laughs> okay, you can trust him. Okay. Now this is your dear missionary friend that, that you are sending out, and what country are you going to? Panama. 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 And uh, let's give it a test. Just lean just a little bit right where you are. Let me feel that. Um, that's... I don't think so, brother. <laughs> Come here, brother. Uh, come on. Can you help him? Any Boy Scouts in the crowd? Okay. Okay. Um, the four other guys are going to represent four different churches. Okay. And they're going to be holding the rope. Well, brother, is it brother Jeff, right? Peter. You guys look alike. Never mind. Um, okay, good, good. Let me feel it. Yeah, I think you're going to be good. Step, step, step. All right. Now, I need all four of you guys to get on the rope here. And there we go. Now, now I need you to lean out a little bit further. I really do. I need you to lean. Lean. A little more, a little more. A little more. Let him give him some slack there. I mean, he's going to <laughs> going to the mission field. He's living by faith. And uh, all right, 
He has gone around on deputation. Some missionaries are spending three to five years on deputation trying to find some churches that will pray for them, churches that will support them, churches that will encourage them. And these four guys are going to represent his churches. So let's look at this first guy here, church number one. This guy is pastoring wonderfully, but somebody with a very wicked tongue decides to spread gossip, and his church splits in half. Boom, he's gone. I need you to go sit down, all right? No problem. Brother Peter gets this wonderful letter. You're doing good, you're doing good. Um, sorry, sir. Our church has come upon hard times. We had some disunity in our church and we've split and now we don't have the money to send you. Please forgive us. We're gonna try to make it up, but pray for us. Hmm. All right. And the missionary says, well, glory to God, I still got three good churches. Hmm. Second church is a great guy here. Are you a college student? Uh, okay, okay. This guy here is a great pastor, but another church calls him to pastor and he decides he's going to take that pastorate and he leaves the church and another pastor comes in who is <clears throat> not of the same <clears throat> uh, heart. He says, who are we supporting? Well, we're supporting Brother Peter. That's not the direction we're going. We're changing directions as a church. Blah, 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 blah. And Peter gets another letter in the mail. Sorry to inform you, our church has changed directions. We no longer support fundamental independent Baptists who go soul winning. That's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> Keep leaning, brother. Are you doing all right? Okay, good man, good man. All right. Are you kind of getting the drift where we're headed with this? Okay. <laughs> Brother O here, we're going to have him represent a church that the COVID hit real hard. But the problem is a majority of the people in his church said, we are not going to follow the county's mandates. We quit. And they stay out of church. Consequently, they don't send their money in either. Strange how that works. And so Brother O says, I'm up short. I can't, going to have to write one of those letters. Brother O, I'm going to send you down, all right? You are not in good hands, brother. Um, I'm wearing his coat. <laughs> And so anyway, um, pastor number four here, he just gets discouraged because of all that's going on. I mean, the political climate. I mean, the craziness that's going on in our government. I mean, uh, people are... People are mean at the door to him and, and, and where he goes. And, and he's not seeing anybody saved. He's not seeing any growth in the church. And he must believe the river Jabuk has dried up. And it's his time to move on. <laughs> I 
what's a missionary to do, brother Peter? I pray. I wonder what that carpet looks like on your face. <laughs> Just <laughs> seriously, thank you. You fellas can go sit down. Thank you very much. Let's give them a hand, all right? Serve as senders. You are just as important as the missionary is. If you give up on your task, then you are causing discouragement to, to go through the rest of the church. And who knows? It could impact a, a whole group of missionaries. Would you like to be responsible for causing other brothers and sisters to get discouraged and give up on their calling to God? I wouldn't want to face Jesus in that condition. Amen? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you say, Pastor, what do I do? Let me give you four quick things. Number one, keep hot for souls yourself. Keep a burden boiling for your lost friends and neighbors and, and those people... Heritage Baptist Church, if you lose your heart for souls, then, then soul winning becomes, and outreach becomes a duty and a drag, and it becomes unfruitful, and, and you want to quit. And though you may not say it, it emanates from your life and your attitude, and oh, you've got to keep your heart hot for the lost. Like Jesus did, he said, I come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah, he saw Zacchaeus up in a tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come down for I'm going to your house today. Amen. Jesus was after souls everywhere he went. He loved people to himself. If you don't keep your heart hot for souls, you're gonna be a part of the problem rather than a part of the answer in your church to serve as a sender. Number two, keep praying for the missionaries. They desperately need your prayers. You hear them say it, if nothing else, please remember to pray for us. And you go, oh yeah, right, buddy. He's not kidding. God does powerful things, even through the prayers of someone like you and me. You say, God hears my prayers when I'm praying for these missionaries? Well, as, as long as you're praying specifically, you're praying passionately, you're praying uh, um, with, with, in the name of Jesus and, and the authority of his precious blood, God is hearing and God is moving and God is using you in prayer and they need your prayers. Hallelujah. Keep praying, keep praying. You say, what am I to do is to serve as a sender? Well, keep hot for souls, keep praying. Uh, number three, keep communicating. Keep communicating and communication lines open. I think every church member ought to have at least one missionary family that they just email on a regular basis somehow. Communicating is such an encouragement. Now, I don't know every missionary there may be one or two out of a thousand that says, don't bother me with your emails. They've never confessed to me if that's their case. Most of them say, thank you, thank you. Your, your note was an encouragement. 
And when I write, I just say, I'm, I'm praying for you this week and want to see how I can pray for you. Is there anything specific I can pray for you about? Sometimes they write back, sometimes they don't. <laughs> I just figure they're too busy to, if, they don't, if they don't write back and I just, uh, uh, and I pray for them anyway, how I think they might need communication. You know what happens in the human mind when you're out doing something for God and you're by yourself? Oh, oh. I don't know if you pay a janitor here, Brother Hanks, or what to keep them place so clean, but we, we use church members to do it and they're required to, to uh, clean church. But sometimes that family that's supposed to do it, only one shows up. And they're out there cleaning and vacuuming and doing things. And I've, and I've snuck out just to look and see. And some of them start abusing the vacuum cleaners. They're getting an attitude. Why? They're by themselves. Have you ever gone soul winning by yourself? Amen. Little voices. Hey, don't, I hope they're not home. I'm, I'm telling you, folks, when you're a missionary out on the field, you think, does anybody back in America even care about me? And man, when they come home and they, they get on their uh, 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 email and they see that they have been written a letter and somebody's been praying for them, yes, you kept the devil from discouraging a precious missionary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number four, keep on giving. Yes, keep hot for souls, keep praying for missionaries, keep communicating with your missionaries, but number four, keep giving. Keep giving. When this COVID thing hit, we had several folks who were on board with the missions program, but guess what? Since they, weren't, since they quit coming to church, they quit giving the missions. They didn't bother making it up either. Now, God supplied, and no missionaries gone without in, in our program. But we haven't been able to excel like we normally are. Right now, we're supporting 60 missionaries. And for our size church, that's pretty good. Hallelujah. And, uh, and we just took on another missionary last week. And uh, so, amen. But um, hadn't been easy because some folks think, well, since I'm not going, I guess I won't support. Don't be that. If you committed yourself to, to pray down a certain amount of money each week and to give it, keep up with it. Even if God moves you to 10 buck two and, and you say, well, this is my missions money. I'm going to continue until the year's out because I, I made a commitment to God. Amen. You say, well, what if the other church has a missions program? Well, good. I wouldn't go to a church that didn't. But uh, 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 stay faithful until God has released you. But... Don't quit giving and increase in giving. Now, like I said, we've been going at this since 1991 and me and my wife, we've been able to increase every year in our giving. And folks, it's, it's beyond what if a, one of those financial guys looked at our finances, he would give me an ugly scowl and say, you can't do that. Yes, we can. And we will. And by the grace of God, pray I get worse. 
Amen. Hallelujah. I'm growing in grace. Amen. Growing in faith. I just keep increasing. And uh, let me challenge you that way also. Um, we could take some time here tonight and look at uh, the early church and, and see how they supported uh, Barnabas and Paul there in Acts chapter 13. The Bible says, and they sent out Paul and Barnabas. That doesn't mean they just shoved them out of the church and said, good luck, goodbye, see you later, hope you well. Uh, no, they loaded them up. Hey, it costs money to eat. It costs money to travel. I'll guarantee you they put bags of money on those missionaries as they went out. Amen. That first church at Antioch knew that it cost to do a missions trip. Amen. And so uh, you read that in Acts chapter 13, verses 3 and 4. Paul often dealt with supply line issues. Uh, turn with me over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Quick, quick, quick. All right. 2 Corinthians 11. And here the Bible says in verses 8 and 9, I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia, say the next word, supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. And so Paul's really rebuking them for being a bunch of tightwads and, uh, and, uh, uh, and needed a rebuke right there. But he had some people from Macedonia. And boy, when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and, uh, and the first uh, six verses of chapter 8, you see those Macedonian believers supplied sacrificially, yea, even beyond their uh, ability. God blessed them. I don't believe a single one of them died of starvation. Amen. They were giving. And you'll find out when you learn how to be generous, God learns how to be generous with you. And you'll never, never, never outgive God. Look over there in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. Philippians 4, 15. Let's just see this real quick and see. Paul is having or supply line issues. I'm convinced the devil's after the supply line. And Heritage Baptist Church, you are the supply line. Get your armor on and be ready. You are important. And the devil hates you. God loves you. And he wants to use you. But back in Paul's day, a whole bunch of churches that started out supporting him quit. In fact, you read here in Philippians 4 and verse 15. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, look at this, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Out of all those churches, only one church was supporting Paul. Imagine that. Imagine that. Tell me the supply line isn't important. It is. It is, and you are. And you might be thinking, well, pastor, I thought missionaries lived by faith. Oh, they do. But they also live by your faith. Why is it the missionaries the only ones need to have faith? Your faith needs to grow. Let's see, the Bible says about five times the just shall live by faith. 
Are you justified by the blood of Jesus? Amen. Nod your head and smile. Okay. If you're justified by the grace of God, then you are to live by faith. And the missionaries need your faith. And your faith must increase. Let's, uh, let's turn to 3 John and we'll conclude with this single verse here. 3 John, while you're turning there, uh, stand with me if you would please. 3 John verse 8. I love this verse. This ministers to me. And I hope it ministers to you. 3 John verse 8. Some of you are having a hard time finding it. I still hear pages flying. That's great. I appreciate you looking it up. Keep looking. It's back there. You say, third John, is that in the Bible? Yep. It's close to Jude. And anyway, here we go. Verse eight. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Ooh, 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 ooh. Underline that phrase, fellow helpers to the truth. You know what a supply line is? A fellow helper to the truth. You're just as important as the missionaries and you're going to receive and you're going to clip dividends throughout all eternity because you were involved in supplying for the missionary. Again, the ratio, uh, one missionary needs, I don't know how many churches. Uh, I, I, I hear different numbers, but, but you can be a part of that and God is going to reward that abundantly. Thank God for a church that has missionaries come in and you get to know them, you get to know their kids, you get to know about their field and you, and you get to support them. Oh, hallelujah. Can I ask you, are you reaching out? Are you doing what you expect the missionary to be doing? If not, get busy, get busy. Get involved in the outreach of your church. Uh, uh, secondly, are you praying? You say, oh, I pray, Lord bless all the missionaries. No, no, no. You need to get some specific missionaries and make some specific requests for the, before the Lord. Get burdened to communicate uh, or to pray for your missionaries. And number three, are you giving? Are you involved in the faith promise uh, program? Are you giving sacrificially to missions? And then lastly, are you encouraging? Are you being a source of encouragement to your own church body as well as that dear missionary who's across the ocean over there slugging it out for Jesus? How you doing? Serve as a sender. Serve as a sender. You have a calling. Fulfill that calling. And until God calls you to go somewhere cross the, the way you be busy serving and uh, those who are going in your place can I hear an amen let's pray